um, episode 15 of Displaced People, a bi-weekly podcast about finding your place in the creative industry and the worlds that surround it. My name is Ola. And my name is Maggie. Sue Chicken, how are you? How have you been? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm... Yeah, okay. I'm... Yeah, I'm okay. I just think at the moment, I'm just... Yeah, there's just a lot happening. I think I'm just trying to balance a lot at the moment. Um... I just think it's just one of those things maybe I am potentially spreading myself too thinly because I started a new job last week but probably a bit later on I might say where I'm working <laughs> um but yeah I started a new job um I also now run two businesses and I yeah also edit our podcasts and also a radio show um so it's a lot that i'm trying to like balance and juggle and then also when you think of friendships or relationships and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just yeah where's the time where's the time it's just a lot in the mix at the moment but yeah try and share but yeah how are you um similarly we're not the same I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's it's a very busy period in my life at the moment. <clears throat> so I feel like I haven't really been this busy in a while. The beginning of lockdown it was like a manageable busy, but I feel like the last week or two it's yeah. just been chock a block, where it's like waking up before my kind of set working hours to do work. Like sometimes I'm up at like six a.m. Um, I try not to go to bed too late because I, I find I'm not very productive in the evenings when it gets past like 10 o'clock it's like shut down really? I'm the opposite is it? I, well I'm a no. night owl like I can no. well I can literally work until like 3am like, I hate waking up early to work no if it's a painting kind of more creative thing mm-hmm. but if it's like more admin or making yeah I find I'm more like to make a mistake um, mm-hmm. if I do it in the evening if past 10 o'clock so I would prefer at the same time I don't like waking up early but I would prefer <laughs> to wake up early do something between 6 and 9 or 6 30 30 then start my like day job and then maybe like 3 4 o'clock come back into it finish the day at 10 yeah um because as well now is actually like to get to bed like by 11 as well if I can I don't really want to be up <laughs> till 1 in the morning <laughs> so yeah I prefer doing that I don't know it's just yeah, then I can just, like, relax a bit in the evenings and, like, you know... Actually rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, rest and recharge. Yeah, and if I do go to bed, like, 10, 11, I know that by um, 6 in the morning, I've had a decent amount of sleep. Mm. Yeah. So then the day doesn't feel as hard. I mean, today I, I don't think I had much sleep, to be fair, though, and I did get up relatively early, so I am a bit tired today, but we move but this is actually a perfect little segue into today's discussion because we're going to be talking about businesses um particularly about our businesses um that we've started and yeah just more of an insight into that why what we do why we're doing it what we're thinking about being an entrepreneur at the moment and all of that so yeah should we get started 
Yeah, let's get into it. So Maggie. Yes, Um <laughs> Cool, yeah, so Maggie, tell us a bit about your businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just to recap, um, if anyone is a new listener, so... So I have... I do a few things. I have, like, <laughs> at the moment, I guess, two businesses. At the moment, they... I was saying one is, like, a... I guess, like, a service business. And then one is um, a newly launched product business. So I will say the service business is um, a platform which I run, which is called Looking Glass Collective. Um, it basically started off as a magazine. I started it when I used to live in Berlin in like 2017 so it basically is dedicated um to contemporary african art so i basically highlight and celebrate um emerging and established artists from africa and the diaspora um so basically on the platform it kind of functions as a magazine where i interview people um write articles reviews that kind of thing um and then i also have like a curated component for the magazine which also functions as workshops um film screenings and art exhibitions and then more recently i've incorporated like a musical element of it so i have a radio show um on a website called rtm where i basically have like a monthly show where i kind of play music from basically musicians from Africa and the diaspora again from like the 1970s to the present day and I also do like art audio tours um, and interviews with artists and musicians um, and then that's basically what Looking Glass Collective does in a nutshell and then more recently in the pandemic my sister and I we launched a product business which is called Nuane Home um, so basically Nuane translates to sibling in Ibo um, so that's basically the part of Nigeria I'm from <laughs> if, if you didn't know but yeah <laughs> yeah it's home fragrances and candle business so um, so yeah it's quite a new business and we're like emerging from like the test the st- test phase of like the business so thankfully like it's gone really well so we're kind of now looking into like launching new products and that kind of thing um and still like you know trying to grow our visibility um online because obviously with this whole pandemic it's like the only way you you could have really kind of you know reached new business and like sold is online so okay we'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just trying to make that one mistake. No, but I think that's a nice comprehensive like <laughs> No, this is it's a nice comprehensive like roundup of what you're about, <laughs> your business is what they're about. Um, <laughs> um Ola speaking, I have a business called Ola Ola. I call it a textile design studio, um, but really I guess it's more, it's a textile design studio where it provides products. So what I like to do through my brand 
um, being a textile designer, I create mainly prints, but I am just interested in exploring textiles as a medium. And I create products which um, incorporate my prints, but are practical and wearable. Um, so the whole ethos of my brand is making products, printed pattern products, which are easy for you to incorporate into your everyday. So it's things like um, stationery, um, hair accessories, bags, things that I think most people are more comfortable in wearing if they want to incorporate colour and pattern, um, more so than clothing. And um, yeah, I think that's the, the, I've had the brand for about three, three years now. And yeah, so that's where I'm at with my brand. So it's called Ola Ola. It's um, named after me. And yeah. <laughs> so did you have an entrepreneurial spirit from a young age? Like, did you always feel like, mm. I'm gonna have my own business? Were you the kid at school who was like buying donuts and sweets and selling <laughs> it in the paper? <laughs> I feel like everyone did that. <laughs> I don't think I ever did. I think yeah. bothered, no. <laughs> everyone did that on like on the <laughs> I wasn't like the direct seller but maybe if someone would sell me like ice pole or something for like 90p I'd be like oh, I'm not feeling this do you want to buy it off me for like £1.50 <laughs> <laughs> it's more inflation yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't know I wouldn't say the thing about me I wouldn't say I had maybe I had entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit but I feel like I was more of a hustler okay like, <laughs> Like that's I don't know like from a young age I've always been like I like to I've always liked to like hustle and like haggle <laughs> mm. like those are things that I just <laughs> I've always enjoyed doing yeah but I I don't know I I wouldn't say like you know when I was I don't know twelve years old or so like I dreamed of like owning like four businesses but I feel like yeah probably it, it was. I had the interest within me because I did take, yeah, now I'm thinking back, I did do um, GCSE business studies. Okay. Oh, same, <laughs> actually. I think I did. Yeah. I can barely remember. Yeah. I feel like I did. Yeah. I mean, I had to make, did you have to make a business plan? I think so. Okay. So long ago. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I did do um, GCSE business studies, so clearly I had some interest in business. Yeah. Um. I think just growing up as well, like in the household that I grew up as a child, is just like you. I think with most, probably most, like I'd say, like um, children of like immigrants, if your parents came here, like especially if you're like West African or so, it's like you know, at some point maybe they have worked like two jobs or maybe like a night job or maybe a job that they didn't particularly want to do, yeah. but it's just that element of you know making ends meet and making sure that you never really as a child you never really have to struggle or see the struggle firsthand so I think when you're within that environment as a child you can kind of sense it that you Mm -hmm. can tell that your parents are like working really hard so if anything that for most people that kind of gives you the determination and ambition to actually do well and try and succeed at like everything that you put your hand to but yeah I can't really pinpoint an exact moment like in my childhood but I feel like as I've kind of gotten older and kind of just 
you know, trying to make opportuni- opportunities work in my favour. Yeah. I feel like that's probably where the entrepreneurial, like, flair kind of comes in. But, yeah, what about you? No, I know when I was younger, I was really, really, really like playing shop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like proper, like, making, like, your money and, like, spending time to, like, proper make all the little bits and pieces for the shop and stuff. But I think it... I don't think I was thinking of it like, oh, I'm going to have my own shop or business. It was yeah. just kind of, like, more the fun of making things for the shop. Yeah. Um. My mum, she had a tailoring business for a while. Mm. Um. But at the same time, I don't think I necessarily saw it in... I kind of, like, I didn't see it as her maybe necessarily owning her business like she's working it didn't necessarily influence me at that age to be like oh I want to do this as well mm. um but maybe it but it did definitely influence me in terms of wanting to maybe get into a similar kind of field mm. um so yeah I don't know if I always had an entrepreneurial spirit but I think it's one of those things where I just assumed that one day I would work for myself mm. um but I don't think I like necessarily had that hustler nature like I'm gonna start buying and selling things or making things for friends and stuff I think did I ever make I made things for my sisters but I think it was building up my confidence of being able to feel like I could charge people but the one time actually I made something for someone else I made like one of my sister's colleagues saw something I made something for my sister and she wanted a dress and I really (laughs) I really stretched myself on that one because it's one thing when you're making it for your sister and the armhole might be something (laughs) when you're making it for a completely different person it's stress it was very very much a lot of stress and she paid me for it and everything of course but all your skills to the test yeah I think at that point I realised I didn't want to be like fashion designer a tailor designer maker in that aspect you know what I mean like making clothing and stuff for people mm. um even starting my business and yeah I, I am a designer maker and I make a lot of my products myself but um it did take me a while to build up my confidence to feel like I my making skills actually good enough to charge for um mm. even though I did at the beginning but I just didn't feel like they they were really there now I feel like I'm a whiz so machine because it's like years and years later and once you make one bag five times mm. you're gonna get it right what are some of the challenges you have come across being a small business owner i think definitely startup funds um and then the other things just more marketing and exposure mm. and then the third thing I'm saying everything now because I'm gonna forget. The third thing is, <laughs> um, time. Yeah. So finances. I think I didn't necessarily save to start a business, but I'm a saver anyway. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back to London, I had a bunch of savings, and I was just like, I'm willing to put a certain amount of money down to start my business. But there were so many things that's like every week. Like, I wasn't really budgeting well. So every week, I'd be like, I'm just moving more money over to the business. <laughs> moving more, more money over to the business. God knows how much money I, I sent I send to the business. But it would be, always be little things because when you first start, you realise, oh, I need to get business cards. I need to get yeah. packaging stuff. It I need to up. get... Oh. And to get things at a decent rate, you need to buy them quite large quantities. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So even with making, I think I ended up being a designer maker, not by choice, but by 
by literally by force because I couldn't really afford to get someone to make my products for me. Um, and I was like, I know how to sew, I have a sewing machine. Let me just try it. It's the easiest and cheapest way to just get started. If it doesn't work out, I've made 10 products that I can like give to people's Christmas presents for the next birthday <laughs> <laughs> present. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But if it does work out, that's mm. great. You know, I can think of ways to scale up. Um, so yeah, that was definitely like a bit of a challenge at the beginning of not really thinking about how much things are going to cost me and how much I'm going to have to put in before I make any money at all. Because even when you start selling, you're not really, you're not breaking even yet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, at least in my case. And then exposure was another thing because I think I was quite naive in thinking once I put my products on the internet, they're just going to sell. Yeah, it doesn't work like it, at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was it needle on a haystack, drop in the ocean. No one knows you're there. <laughs> you make your website, no one knows you are even there. I use Shopify, and what I find quite interesting, it tells you, like, oh, you're in the top, I don't know, 80% of businesses that opened this year, or you're top 20%, and at the moment, I'm apparently in the top 20% of businesses that opened the same year as me, and, um, but I, I find that quite interesting, because 20%, I obviously, it's probably, like, a mass of numbers, or mass of people who've opened up businesses or shops that year, but I don't, I feel like I'm doing decently now, I'm like, oh, I'm in the top 20%. That feels pretty high. But then maybe this that sh- also shows that there's probably 80% of people that... Okay, let me get to my point. I'm doing okay now, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm just doing okay. Yeah. Um, so that means there's 80% of other businesses on this platform that aren't really making a lot of money, mm-hmm. if any money at all, if I'm in the top 20%. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it really is the Wild West out there. We always talk about the Wild West of the internet, but it really is. It's, you really have to learn how to use e-commerce platforms, how to use the internet, how to use Google um, to your advantage. So it's not just about you having like this great product um, if no one knows you exist. Mm. Or it's just maybe a few of your followers or friends, you know what I mean? So outside of Instagram and everything you have to think okay how do I get my products out there and that takes time to learn or money to get someone to do it for you mm. so that's what you find all the time and it then goes back to time again the challenges is either you spend your time or you spend your money mm. um, at the beginning you don't normally have a lot of money so you have to spend your time so there's lots of things I've learned how to do I've learned how to make a more or less make a website I've learned how to um, I've learned SEO I've learned more like same thing but like coding more or less i've learned social media management. social media management i hate doing it yeah. but there's so many things you literally end up being the jack of all trades at the beginning mm. and it takes time to do all these things you know you realize that social media alone isn't just like yeah it's posted things on on social media but you have to create that content and that takes time as well it's also about kind of um growing a community and keeping mm. that community engaged is like it's one thing to kind of like post whatever you're posting post your product and go but i just yeah. feel like when you're a small business it's difficult to do that if anything it's just like you probably it's likely you will get people that are really engaged with your content and more likely to kind of spend money if you yeah. do interact with them Definitely. so that's the thing is like you know taking that time out to literally dedicate like okay cool i'm gonna spend like two or three hours on social media like 
not necessarily just scrolling but literally interacting with people like yeah. liking people's photos like following people doing follow backs like <laughs> takes yeah. time like yeah definitely what do you think some of your challenges have been so yeah when i first started um looking glass i would say that i didn't it was just kind of like i was just learning like by doing and I just think probably like to begin with, like one of the biggest challenges I found is like when I would want to interview some artists, I won't like name them because maybe it's a bit shady. But I just feel like it's, sometimes <laughs> it's about, it's quite shallow, but I feel like it's about your following. Because okay. I feel like when I was literally just starting it and then maybe I had like, I don't know, like 400 followers or something yeah I had like 400 (laughs) followers and I think at the time I wasn't really posting that much I was just posting like images that I liked or like I don't know if I'd come across like really nice artwork on like um tumblr yeah I would literally repost it or whatever yeah I just feel like whenever I try and reach out to people they'll be like "Mm, yeah I'm not taking interviews at the moment it's just like cool okay but <laughs> but I just feel like that was quite challenging at the time because I think sometimes when you do get those knockbacks it's quite um because yeah. you do feel like oh like is there any point doing this like does anyone care like but I think that is quite challenging and again like you said it's difficult when you're like one person yeah. like wearing so many hats I think that's the one thing it is it can be really challenging so regardless of like you know whatever business you have or you want to start up I just think like it's difficult it's it's important to set aside time um for like basically your your social media outreach whether it's like your i'll say like your digital content strategy and Mm. actually strategize how you're if it's you're literally building business from like zero followers how you are actually going to do that how you're actually gonna what platforms you're going to use what platforms make sense for your business i feel like it's important to kind of like try and map those things out as early as possible that was one thing I kind of learnt along the way. It's kind of just like, what platforms make sense for me? What platforms do I like yeah, using? at the beginning, you just feel like I need to be on everything. Yeah. And then... After all, you're like, mm, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest business blunder. I don't feel like I have one massive one. Mm. But I definitely have, like, maybe, like, loads of little small things. So, like, um... One thing's definitely been over ordering certain products. There's a certain product that I've had since I started my business and I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it in stock. And the craziest thing is that I thought that would be my most successful product as well. I just thought it would fly off the shelf and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So you'll get these knockbacks and these kind of things where like I was so conf- I was so confident in it that I even got I actually paid the money to get that made up in bulk. <laughs> and I still have it till today, but I've been very innovative and um, it will soon be gone. I won't say what product it is. And then... <laughs> um, I think one of my first things, I remember my first... It wasn't even like a business mistake exactly. It was like an opportunity came my way when my neighbour... And that's another thing why it's actually really good to just talk to people about what you want to do because sometimes you think, oh, I just need to be speaking to creative people. I should only speak to women because they're my target market or whatever. Mm. But people know people, do you know what I mean? So it's just like, just tell everyone and anyone. So like my neighbour, 
he, um, I was telling him about what I wanted to do and he was just like, oh, my workplace, they have this thing where we get small businesses come in and um, you have the opportunity to just basically have a pop-up. So I had my first kind of retail experience as a pop-up at Barclays Bank in Canary Wharf. And I didn't know how that was going to go at all, but I had a date. And I know for me, how I work best is accountability. So having a date, I was like, okay, I need to actually have products by this mm. day. I told him this is what I'm doing. I don't actually have anything yet. But I have this date in September where I, I technically have to launch. And yeah, I underestimated how long things would take to come. You know, the place where I was getting my prints from. I think something really weird happened like they ran out of ink or something like that mm. and there it was very fine like it was maybe like a weekend or so before I was meant to have this opportunity and I had no patterns I had no fabric and I was like what on earth am I going to do obviously I can counsel but I don't want to be that mm. person yeah so then it's just kind of like okay I need a backup place I had to literally order fabric pay express for it go out to North London to pick it up spend that whole weekend making stuff it was worth it in the end i did get sales and stuff and it was kind of like okay i have a starting point now yeah. and i know i can do this but i think for me timings and just like having backups and stuff like that i realized that i need to to be a bit more i i need to have always have a plan b mm. um as well is it really a blunder? I don't know. It was out, it was out of my control. I just managed it, innit? It's out of my control, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... I was curious. I wanted to keep it positive. So, do you see the benefits at the moment, any benefits at the moment of running a small business during the pandemic? Um... Yeah. I would say... I think during this whole pandemic, I feel like one thing that is taught a lot of people is just like nothing is certain. So mm. if you are working your nine to five job for someone else or regardless if you're working an office job, whatever you may be doing, that is not guaranteed. Yeah. Because at any moment they can cut your contract, they can tell you they don't need you, they can put you on furlough. So I feel like it's good to kind of have something of your own yeah um where you can kind of make money and where you have control over it and you have con like creative control and physical control of what happens um and i think it's good to kind of have that security and to kind of have that extra that extra income um or like revenue stream mm. um and i think through this whole pandemic it has definitely been like quite towards the end of this pan pandemic i feel that it's been quite a relief really to have that there well, i think the other thing is that i've noticed at the moment that people seem to be more actively wanting to support the small guy the smaller business the local business mm. um then the major big brands and at the moment because everyone's online or during the the midst of the pandemic when we were locked down, businesses had to sell online. Mm. Um, it kind of just put you in. Obviously, bigger businesses have like a way larger budget for marketing spend, Google Shopping spend, and stuff like that. But it kind of just made you 
a bit more on a little bit of a, a closer playing field with other brands because then it's just kind of based off what people find or how far people are willing to search more so than um what they just come across on the high street yeah um so i do feel like people have been making more of a conscious conscious effort to kind of go outside the the obvious mm-hmm. and especially with all the revelations of a lot of companies being quite larger companies being quite unethical i think people are thinking okay who can i support what's the local what's their story mm-hmm. so yeah so benefits and challenges as well being a black owned business i put that in but mainly kind of relating to like black pound day and kind of like people wanting to spend more on the black economy Mm, yeah i get what you mean but i wouldn't say there's i mean to be honest i wouldn't say i've experienced any challenges because i feel like in everything that i have done everything that i've done with both my businesses i feel like i'm very like you you know i'm black like you couldn't even you it's not ambiguous um and i feel like that's something that has just always been i've been very vocal about um Mm. so for me it's always been like a positive um to be like a, a black owned business but i get why at the moment there's a lot of emphasis on like black owned businesses with everything that's been happening with like the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of people trying to kind of do their bit to kind of support smaller emerging like black businesses or even those that are more established. Yeah, I think the benefits is just, it's really nice to actually be a part of this community. Yeah. And I think like it's it's just like speaking, especially from like the last Black Pound there, it was nice to see so many like small businesses being uplifted um, and so many platforms that have kind of like emerged since the Black Pound, the Black Pound Day took place in June. Um, and actually it's just actually to see the variety of businesses. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. literally everything you can think of. Like there's even a group on, I actually shout them out because I actually really like what they're doing. On Facebook is called Black Owned Economy. And it's, it's just insane because a lot of these businesses, I would, I would never known they existed. Mm. Like you can literally find anything that you want. <laughs> you can find a therapist. You can find someone who can landscape your garden. You can find a plumber. You can find a decorator. You can find someone who organizes your closet. You can find like that owned glassware. Everything, <laughs> like everything, like your homeware, yeah. like your kitchen. It's just phenomenal. Paint paint company yeah paint yeah. companies like nail polish like everything and I, I just think it's it's actually really beautiful to actually see it um and sometimes i do think like oh, why is it only happening now like but it's necessary and i feel like it's just great that obviously people are still talking about it it's like it's not a trend like people are still you know willing to put their money like where their mouth is mm. um but yeah, I feel like I've always kind of seen it as a benefit, um, being a black person who owns a business, um, businesses. But all about you, do you see the benefits or challenges um, of being a black owned business? Or do you feel the need to class yourself as being black owned? I think similarly, I did feel like it might have been obvious that it was 
black only the one that I'm black and anything not that I post myself often on my page but you know there might be a hand or whatever <laughs> <laughs> or it might be if you go to my like tag pictures you might actually like, see my whole face or anything I or something like that so I did sometimes feel like whether I needed to vocalise that I'm a black designer specifically mm-hmm. like put that word black in my bio or whatever and um I don't know. I, I've always kind of felt like, do, do I need to? Is it necessary? Like necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, even now, I, I don't necessarily do it. I kind of feel like if people are following me and I follow my brand and I have my about me, like they would know, they know that I'm black. I don't feel like I need to necessarily um, say it in my um, bio or anything like that. Mm. Um, and I definitely see like, the benefits of being part of this community especially at the moment i think people are same way with the whole small business thing people are actively trying to seek new services brands Mm -hmm. um in the black community Mm -hmm. um to patronize patronize Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but um so yeah, I think that's definitely good. And there's all these like listing sites that are coming up and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice that when people like randomly start posting you, it's like especially if they don't follow you, like oh I wonder how you even found me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like how did you come across me? So it's really nice having that support there, that community, and having your community back you. And I think just my kind of whole ethos in general is just, um. You know, I don't know where Issa Rae was at, but when she was at some award show, and they're like, oh, who are you hoping to win? And she's like, everyone black. black. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally just like mood. how I feel in this whole mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even personally, I do try to, where I can, like, buy from black brands and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because I just feel like there's just so much out there that's not obvious and they kind of like they black brands black people are so creative and they're so innovative and they deserve to have more of a push and shine Mm -hmm. at the moment particularly um so yeah i think it's definitely like being a good thing and um unfortunately i kind of feel like the at the moment it has kind of been a, a response to the Black Lives Matter movement. So it's like something mm. so obviously bad has to happen for people to feel like, oh, actually, even more, or feel even more so like, I want to support my community and I want to spend money in my community. And I don't know, I, um, I just kind of feel like it did kind of feel like um, a response. Almost to, like out of guilt or something. Um maybe but also just kind of like when people just like tired of like giving money to people who don't appreciate them yeah. or appreciate their work and you just kind of feel like i prefer to give my money to and you can actually yeah. almost see where it's going whereas if you're going to spend money on like i don't know boohoo are they going to pay their workers it's personal <laughs> you know what i mean like, you don't know where that money's going like what yeah are they even going to pay their taxes yeah, it's just kind of like creating that more of that even playing field for other people. Not always, it's not everyday Amazon, do you know what I mean? Facts. Sometimes you just have to wait a few days longer, mm-hmm. but you're going to get something just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so used to just wanting things tomorrow, or today, yesterday even. It's do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not necessarily about what's better, it's just what's convenient. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's a difference of experience for you when like 
product based business and then more like you know looking glass which i guess is more of a service based business yeah yeah there's definitely um a difference between the two and if i'm being honest it was only recently it was just it was quite difficult for me to kind of articulate what the curated like component of looking glass was Mm. and it was yeah it was only recently that i kind of realized like okay i guess it is a type of service because essentially it's like you know people would actually pay money to attend a workshop but i think um i don't know i find maybe it's because i'm still in the i guess like the early stages of like my product business um it's quite early and everything's quite new so almost it feels like i'm having to like learn and like learn new business skills over again okay um and i feel like now i don't know i feel like with a product business because you know essentially if you're selling a product kind of feels at times like there's kind of more probably you can relate to this that there's more at stake to lose (laughs) <laughs> because you're because you know it's like you have to invest more into it yeah because you know it's like you have to buy you know your utensils your equipment like you have to prepare all this stuff to then sell it to a consumer who may potentially turn around and be like excuse me that's faulty so yeah. you know what i mean it's like the onus is always back on you but for feels you know when whereas where you have like a service based business like if you know, I'm putting together a workshop or whatever. It's not that, it's not that same level of pressure. So mm-hmm. essentially it's like someone will kind of pay money, attend a workshop, do what they need to do and leave. And then that's kind of like the end of the service really. Um, mm. There's more responsibility um, when it comes to a product business um, than a service business in my opinion. But I guess you could argue that it depends what your service is. True. If you're like selling food yeah or if you're like a accountant maybe yeah or like i don't know you're you're in the hospitality business hospitality service i'm sure like yeah it has its challenges but i think yeah. it's just those are the the things that i've kind of noticed and picked up yeah on my journey yeah so what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of starting a small business and how to grow it i mean definitely i didn't see the benefit of it at the beginning but I feel like a business plan is actually worthwhile doing. Yeah. It really does gives you, it really just streams in your ideas, yeah. makes it a bit more realistic. It's not everything's just up in your head. Maybe you don't have to make it so intensive, like, you know, I'm going to get a loan business plan. But for you <laughs> to know really what you're about, you know, who are your, who is your target market? Who is, um, what is your product? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is, what are you, what's your brand actually about? Who else is doing things similar? Because mm-hmm. you know, I know your industry. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's nice. I think we're all like unique, unique, and you'll probably have your USB, and you should have your USP. But yeah. at the same time, know what's happening out there, where people are selling, how much people are pricing their products at. Have a marketing plan. Look at how much things are going to cost you. How much you're planning to make things, and I think you'll make a lot less mistakes. Yeah, take that time to do that kind of like the maybe boring stuff. Mm. and then reap from that later and it's true you might not go back and look at your business plan ever again but I feel like it just helps you kind of really suss out and round up what you're really about and what your business is really about and if it's really worthwhile your time mm. if you really want to do this um, I think my other piece of advice would be you would to put more 
budget towards your marketing than you think. Like, I think it's easy to not really put any budget behind it or not really take it as seriously. Mm. But I think you're, at the beginning, you'll have to spend money to make money. Um, you'll probably have to spend a bit more than you think you would. I don't think I took marketing that seriously, but marketing is, is something, it's more than just, like, Instagram ads. Mm. It's also maybe potentially gifting people. Um, it's maybe, um, you know, time or money to make content um to maybe get um someone to help you do that and stuff like that so i Promoting think the content as yeah, well. yeah more into your promotion like don't just think that your product will sell itself unless mm. you already have that platform where you know people are wanting whatever you're selling then mm. fair enough and you have those followers and everything but if not you really have to go out and search for your tribe mm-hmm. um and that's not easy and it does take a, a long time um especially if you're not someone who's great at selling yourself Mm. Um, so I think that would be my biggest kind of like little piece of, of advice oh my other thing would be to just at the same time I know I said make a business plan and everything but also just do it as mm-hmm. well like you don't have to wait until your business is perfect my business took three years really even after making a business plan to get to a point where I really understood what I wanted to do with it yeah. Um. You don't always understand first straight away maybe who your customer is or maybe your customer who you think it is it might not end up being them, but I feel like until you do something you'll never know. So don't wait too long to make it perfect. Like oh you know I need to just make it look decent at least and make just it, do it and then just do it yeah because I mean I didn't have all my branding on point I didn't always have my packaging on point. But I knew I had um what at least the product that, that person was selling was was good enough to sell. And I think it's important if you at least have the vision of where you want it to be. I feel like sometimes that is enough to literally launch your business off of. Mm. Um but yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely just to um just do it. Yeah. because, um, you know, no yeah. time like the present. Exactly. And sometimes you Things, unless it's one of those things like I only I'm making this business because I, like we said earlier that you need the money, the return ASAP. Mm. In that case, I don't know. You really need to do maybe your research into what's trending and what people are actually buying at the moment. You might mm. not not might not want to go with like a super passion project because people might not really be looking for that at the moment. Yeah. So if you want to make just make money, you can think a bit more about your product yeah and i also think what's important is to also like think about the like if it is a e-commerce business i think it's good to kind of have an idea of the types of kind of just do your research that's what i would say so have an understanding of like basically the different types of e-commerce platforms and what would best suit your needs or your business Mm. needs and i'd say just doing your research into your industry because I feel like where I have where I have known of friends and family who have started businesses and they've gone into it and it has failed or folded you know in its first year or you know it's like they're just at a loss is because they haven't done any research they haven't done any test trading so I'd say like the one of the most important things to do is research your industry and I feel like that's where, you know, writing your business plan does come into it. Yeah. So like Ola said, it's like you don't necessarily have to 
write a business plan to get ready to go to Nat West tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, you don't know, it doesn't need to be that ready. Like, Mr. Bank Manager. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that, but you know, it's just to understand your market, to understand your audience, to understand the industry that you want to, that you essentially want to be a player in. I feel like it's important to kind of know how much you know the industry is worth like where it's going like what's it you know what's the forecast of this yeah. industry for like the next few years for you to actually know like okay first of all it's like a is your business viable and then b is like you know is there a need for it yeah so that that's something for you to kind of assess like okay is this is this business is this industry crowded enough like does it make sense for me to launch this right now does it make sense Mm. for me to launch this at all do your research you'll be able to understand like you know if it makes sense but again i would definitely say don't procrastinate but you know the website isn't ready oh but i don't have enough followers on social media but i haven't received this product yet or like this piece of equipment i think don't let that hinder your plans i feel like it's still important to kind of start making headway with it so whether even though you know your website may not be live but at least get active on social media yeah start like you know your social media outreach just start making moves with it um so i feel like that would definitely be my advice next so yeah why did you move back to london to start your business um no i actually remember that you know what, that me moving back to London? Yeah. Because at the time, I was still in Berlin. I was just like, nah, like, why is she moving back? <laughs> <laughs> I still want to go to Paris, but I still, I still, I still I got years left of enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I think a dose of realism just settled in. And I was just kind of like, I've got my job. I don't have a, um, a new job lined up. I'm thinking I'm going to go freelance, but realistically, from my last experience with going freelance <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're really gonna pan work pan out, out. Yeah. and I had to start looking Sticky at other on. jobs to be like okay these are just like little things I can do just to make sure that rent's covered but the a lot of the kind of part-time jobs that I was seeing that were quite easy to get were like being like a, a, new, also new, a nanny au pair, or au pair kind, of, kind of jobs like um mm-hmm. or teaching English and I was like I didn't move here for this like I didn't move here for this and I'm just like London, I just kind of felt that how the jobs market was, especially in the design industry, it would have been a lot easier for me to just find something, a design job role, which is part-time. And my, I did have to take a, like, a pay cut and everything, but I could still be in my industry, learn other things, maybe do a different, slightly different job role mm. um, with quite flexible hours and then have time to go and just focus on my business a bit. Yeah. Um, and then as well be at home. Mm. So that that takes away the burden of rent, mm-hmm. which meant that instead of paying rent, I could do a bit of, like, travelling and stuff. So it just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of made sense. It's like, yeah, yeah Paris, I love you. I, I loved you, whatever. But <laughs> it just felt like it was the right time yeah. to move on. And, like, setting up as a freelancer or as a business in Paris, it was like my head was just spinning. I was like, when I was looking at all the documentation and stuff, I was like, yeah, this seems unnecessarily difficult. I don't know if it was just, like, me not understanding because because French is not my first language or I was it all in French yeah stuff like that and like you know I would ask a friend and they'll send me a booklet it's like why is there like a five page booklet on how to become a freelancer like in the UK I think it's very it's very straightforward yeah. make a bit of money okay hotel HMRC you're a sole trader you're a freelancer people pay you you pay taxes at the end of the um 
in January the following year, whatever. Mm. I just think like it's very straightforward, and I just thought I just don't want any stress. I just want to come back home. I remember after um quit my job, done my notice, came back for Christmas, and I was really silly. I did like a one way ticket, thinking that I could just book a cheap ticket back, and it wasn't cheap. So I was like, I'll just stay for the month, and I have a job anyway. So stay for the month where in London? Yeah, because when I came back for Christmas, I didn't go back to Paris till February. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like what am I in a rush to go back to? I don't have a job. Mm. Like I'm having so much fun at home. It's actually nice hanging out with my friends, like hanging out with my family, and I think that as well just made me feel like, oh, actually, I miss London. I miss being at home. I think mm. I'm just gonna come back. Like I don't have any ties there anymore. I'm not in a relationship. I have a lot of my friends were like expats and stuff, so they're always like back and forth or moving to different yeah. places, and then. I didn't have a job, so mm. I was just like, I was just gonna move back home. So yeah, it's a mixture of just it being the right time and also um, convenience. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about um, working with the Prince's Trust and being on their enterprise scheme and how this is, you know, had an impact on your business journey so far? Okay. Yeah, so for the Princess Trust, I don't even really remember how I came across them. I just knew that they were an organisation that helped young people get into starting their own businesses and get into work. So moving back to London, I was like, I need help. Like, how to start a business? I don't even know where to start. Like, oh, like taxes, this, that. Oh, do you know what I mean? It was just like, where do I even start? Like, how do I kind of formalise this, how do I do it how do I do it properly, mm. I guess. And so I reached out to the Princess Trust and they were really responsive, got back to me about a one week um enterprise programme where it's basically giving you like a quick kind of um debrief into like running a business. And that was really helpful because I think to be honest, if I didn't do that I would have not thought it was important to make a business plan. So that's where mm. I guess the importance of that came about for me. And also, I would have not um, probably, like, test-traded and stuff like that. I would have went all guns blazing, (laughs) all my money spent (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be disappointed. So, there's that. They also um, had things like gave you a mentor and stuff. So, just having, like, speaking to people who are meant to be very supportive and help you kind of flesh out your idea a bit, um, you know, through not just based off their opinions, but also based off fact. Mm -hmm. Um... So it generally was like a really good experience for me. Um, as soon as I did my test trading, I just kind of continued working on my business. And then with the Princess Trust, you like um, make her business plan. At the end of that, you present it to a panel and then you become like a fully fledged launch business via the Princess Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a good kind of like foundation for me in terms of me feeling the need to like have some sort of accountability someone to check up on me be like have you done anything on your business plan yet (laughs) have you done this have you done that knowing that i'm working towards a goal rather than just kind of like thinking oh i'll start this business but because you know i don't need to do it yeah Yeah, like it's not necessarily you know i'm still gonna have money i'm still gonna have a job if i don't do it so Mm -hmm. it's not as important to kind of really do it so it really did give me that accountability and also just in general because I think I've joined them like three years ago and since then it's like I'm still in regular contact with like the executives from there and they always kind of like they have so many partners they have so many sponsors they have so many like brands and celebs who 
work with them that there's always some sort of opportunity to have um person to meet place to go sell your products so it's just like a really nice kind of like it's a good network foundation to be a network yeah, yeah definitely yeah so most recently they put me forward to be a part of not on the high street um which is good so they're kind of like not on the high street have really been helping me like set up my shop and my profile and um kind of giving me i guess a bit of extra support that i don't know if every other sh- storefront gets mm. so there are definitely like a lot of um, little pets with that. So I do definitely recommend it for anyone. I think it's ages 16 to 30 and they should mm-hmm. have it across the UK. Like there should, there should be some place in your relatively close, like local area um, where you can go to and get this support. Um, and yeah, it's definitely benefited me a lot. I'm not going to lie. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then you also quite recently um, did the program with them as well, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Like, to be fair, I think my my journey with the Prince's Trust has been different. <laughs> it hasn't... I mean, I say that, but I just... I Like, basically, I was already doing... I was already doing my bits with Looking Glass mm. Collective. So, I guess, essentially, on paper, I would say my business was already launched. But I found that I basically joined the... Basically, the enterprise scheme with Looking Glass. But... I just felt as time was going on, so I did like the work, the four day, was it for, yeah, the four day workshop. Yeah. I did all of that, but I just felt like, it, for some reason, I just felt like they didn't really understand what I wanted to do with the business and the different component, the different components and elements of my business. Yeah. So it was only basically within this pandemic that I just decided to switch the businesses. And then since then, um, that was definitely a good idea. Um, because I was able to kind of go through the whole launch panel um, with Nwana Home and then basically, yeah, I've done the test trading for my business. So I would say in my opinion, I do feel like if you do have a product-based business, potentially this, you know, doing something similar, like um, maybe a business workshop program could be beneficial I think all in all is definitely like you're saying is like it's definitely good like if you're kind of someone who is quite new to business and you know you're quite early on in your business career and your business journey I feel like it's good to kind of have that support and you know access to mentorship and also access to so much information and the resources that are kind of like at your disposal is definitely good and yeah like Ola said is like the Prince's Trust they have like a huge network um of like kind of supporters patrons definitely recommend it yeah and also just to add it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have an existing business is like you can actually go to them with just an idea and mm. they can kind of help you you know mold it shape it and just kind of look into it to actually see if it's something that is viable yeah and i think even if you don't have an idea you just know that you want to have a business mm. you can go there as well Basically, so. <laughs> any level any stage any, yeah. <laughs> So, do you need monies, money to start a business? Do you need it? Um, well, well, well. When I started looking glass, I didn't have money. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have money. <laughs> I have no money, mate. I was broke and I was in Berlin. I had a job, but 
everyone's broken Berlin but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no I didn't have money like that but I just I had enough money to buy a domain and mm. to pay for a website on a monthly basis so I probably had like I don't know maybe like 30 euro <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that 30 quid <laughs> yeah I had about 30 euro to like at my disposal yeah. for <laughs> for um starting my business yeah I didn't have money um, and even when I did my first, when I created my first art exhibition, um, yeah, that was real DIY. Like, that was, <laughs> and I was like, what? That was, no, nah, that was DIY, bro. Like, I didn't have no money for that either. Um, yeah, the artwork that I had, I think the artist posted it to me. One artist, I even went to link her in Peckham when I was back in London and I literally took her artwork with me on my EasyJet flight back to Berlin. <laughs> like, that's... It was hand luggage, It was hand luggage. I'm not even joking. Like, when I tell you, I pack so light. <laughs> <laughs> I pack light. I think I even took, like, just an overnight bag because I was like, nah, this artwork has to come back with me. Like, it was literally, like, I took it, like, cabin baggage. That was the kind of budget I was working with, so everything was DIY. The frames, I was just like, oof had to spray paint them like all of this was very it was so DIY super trial and error but obviously everything was super low budget yeah it it definitely does show that you don't necessarily always need like to have like so much capital to do something for sure and I feel like it sounds corny but I feel like sometimes your passion alone is enough to kind of you know to help you execute a vision or kind of reach a goal I guess depending on the kind of business you want to be, you mm. can literally, like you said, you have your £30, you set up your website, you have your domain name. Even if you're a product-based business, you can get orders before you actually fulfil them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the good thing with a lot of these e-commerce websites is that you can actually kind of set it up so you can actually start receiving pre-orders. Yeah. So, you know, it's like once you have actually received that money, that so then you can actually go and start, you know, buying your equipment, your materials or whatever it may be. And then, you know, get it made and then send it out to them. But, yeah, I feel like you don't necessarily need a lot of money. But, of course, it is handy to kind of have the money there. So it's just one less thing to to worry about. Definitely. Um, did you have a lot of money when you started your business? Oh, yeah, you said you had... Yeah, you I had a bit of money, yeah. A bit of cash, yeah. <laughs> I had a bit of cash then, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm being transparent. Deep I think I paid... I put, like, maybe... in oh, over, two grand. Like, 3K or something. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not <laughs> all. Money bags. <laughs> <Is> no. <laughs> not all at once, though. You know when you just start off, you put, like, what, man, 500 quid. No, but when I was when I lived in Paris, I saved a lot of money. I saved a lot of money, but somehow when I moved back to London, I blew it all. I blew it. I blew it all. I must think half of it when. Show me the best. No, what we working with? But that's like four years of me saving up money. money (laughs) 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 Nigeria, do you remember I used to call you McDonald's? money on it yeah no it was just saving no I think that's how much money I, I 
I initially invested, but that was maybe over the space of a year. Mm-hmm. I think I started off with like 1k, and then I realized that like I had to buy a new sewing machine, I was like 300 quid. I had to buy this, I buy that, and but somehow mm. you know the money just goes out of your bank account. Like you don't Flies, before you made a single penny, money's just going. Like how did I just spend one k? Because that's why I also said earlier, like keep a track of your finances. Because I wasn't really keeping a track of my finances. I was just spending money, yeah. thinking obviously this money's just gonna come back to me eventually. It's taken how many years? Well, I'm only three years into my business, but I'll definitely say I've only started making money this year it's proper like breaking easy yeah mm-hmm. this year sometimes you feel like you have money in your bank account but then you forget that's the money that you put there earlier yeah do you know what i mean so money that's been coming in like i haven't had to like transfer money over to cover certain costs or like mm. bigger purchases and then pay myself back it's only really started for me this year so it does take a while sometimes as a brand to really make back that money you put in because and even get to the point where you can really pay yourself as well um as well, I would say that maybe the first two years, I wasn't really pushing it or taking it seriously. And, like, you know, there's times when I really do drop off and it's just kind of like I'm not putting any time into it at all. Mm. But I have noticed the big difference in when um, I'm now starting to, like, promote myself more. Social media, put more effort into, like, thinking about what I'm doing next, products. It does mm. pay off. So, but at the same time, you don't necessarily need money to start a business. There's things that I needed yeah. to have and I needed to get and I had the money to do it. Mm. But if I didn't have the money to do it, I would have just... Like, for example, the only reason I bought that sewing machine because the sewing machine that I had, which was my mum's sewing machine, which she had for God knows how long, it just broke down. <laughs> and I was I like... Lost legs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what I was going to do? My friend borrowed me a sewing machine for a while, but I was like, Aww. I'm not going to, like run this one to the ground as well. It's like, I need to get my own one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to spend that money. Um, and, it, and that money obviously meant that I, it took away from other things that I wanted to do. So maybe if I didn't start this business, maybe if I wasn't like, you know, lounging around for half a year, I would have more money towards like a house. You know, just, you know there's only other things that I could have maybe done with yeah. that money, but this is what I chose to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I, I spent it where I did. Yeah. You know, I could have went on a big a few big vacations mm-hmm. but oh, this is, is all worthwhile isn't it yeah because this is something that you've built from the ground up you've grown yourself you have full control over this you have full autonomy of what you do exactly. what you make yeah so it's way worth you know it's worth more worthwhile than you know pissing off to like i don't know <laughs> cuba or something like, <laughs> it's a bigger reward yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hot topic managing having a small business working full-time now as well mm. um love life social life life like how where do you where do you, where do you find the hours where do you find the time do you have to make sacrifices anything hunky dory like what's the deal sis like, <laughs> sis, like, I don't know, it's, it is, yeah, I feel like we've literally been just been speaking about this for, like, before recording this, I feel like at least consistently for, like, the last week or so. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally... <laughs> nah. Definitely on the mind. On the brain, mate. Yes. It's a lot, but, um... I don't know, it's something that I'm still I'm still managing. I feel like at the moment it's like I'm not I'm nowhere like I feel like my the way I manage my time, like 
in my personal and professional life and business life is it can definitely be improved but I feel like I'm still learning um still making mistakes but at the same time I feel like it is difficult it's difficult finding that balance Mm. um and at the same time I feel like when I do give too much attention to one thing it's like other things suffer yeah as a consequence um of that but yeah I don't know it's it is hard like I cannot lie um and sometimes I do think like oh is it worth it like who told me <laughs> like who actually told me like instead of me just to face front and just just focus on like just doing your nine to five yeah just do my nine to five and just do you know what I mean just be content <laughs> with that yeah I'm not gonna lie sometimes when I not not like I get like not even it's not like envy but sometimes when it's like people that literally have nine to five they have no hobbies or anything and they just <laughs> after work just watch yeah. it like literally they have the time <laughs> sometimes I'm kind of like I feel like I just want that as well. Like yeah. they literally just have time to do. They literally have nothing else to do. Like everything is a choice, not a necessity. They don't yeah. have to come home and work on the business in the middle of the night. They don't have to wake up early for anything. It's just do my nine to five and I just live my best life. When you have to think of why you started it, mm-hmm. what's your five year goal? What's your ten year goal? What do you want for yourself in your future? Mm-hmm. Most people start a business because they want to eventually be financially dependent on that business mm-hmm. and you all have that extra boost of income mm-hmm. so you have to think okay this that's my long-term goal i'm working towards it it is getting better i am starting to make money people are starting to notice me people start to see me so it's not always obvious like your success points mm-hmm. but i think you just have to have, sometimes have that reality check that yeah i'm putting all that work in now but as long as you're seeing progress, mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's true. And you do kind of keep your your goal in the forefront of your mind. I yeah. feel like that's, that's important. So obviously, like, keep in mind your short-term, your short-term kind of goals. Short-term um, realistic also, goals as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. not to kind of, like, downplay your shine or anything. To be like, oh, you know, I'm only expecting to sell 10 things this year. But just kind of, like... It's easy to go and be like, yeah, I'm going to make a milli or I'm going to make 10K. And it might happen for you, mm-hmm. 100%. But then just thinking, okay, then if you don't reach that goal, then what happens? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're a failure? No. Yeah. Um, just thinking, like, realistically, based off your previous sales, based off other companies at the same level as you were, what's happening, you know, and going from there. But, yeah, I think it can be, it can be really difficult managing everything. There's always, for me, there's always one thing that pays the price so it's more so at the moment love life and social life um yeah. i think it, it really does help in a pandemic and um there's not actually much to do because mm. i think then i'll be feeling it more like if everyone's out and about living their best lives about being like <laughs> enjoying the sun yeah <laughs> when it does arrive yeah it'll be it'll be quite difficult for me like at home just like I'm just working all the time <laughs> or i have gone out but i'm going to pay the price for it tomorrow mm. um so the fact is, like, it's quite busy for me at the moment, but it seems like it's okay for me to be for it to be busy. But I guess with anything, you have to make time for the things that are important to you. So it might just mean that you can't go out as much as you would before. It's not every evening, it's not every weekend, mm-hmm. but you just have to be a lot more... You have to plan. You have to be more disciplined. Yeah. 
I think that's the one thing I'm I'm finding is also managing my time and having that discipline now that I'm kind of working full time again. But at the same time, it's like other areas are really suffering. <laughs> like, but that's why sometimes it's like I prefer to kind of sometimes do the earlier hours or whatever. It means that like I at least have like Sunday or some sort of midweek day oh. where it can be a bit more chilled. At the moment, like both my jobs are quite intense, so it's difficult to do that but that's kind of like ideal like I do need like that one day or that one evening where I can just like detach Rest, and whether yeah. it's with friends or whoever then <laughs> then yeah <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> you were smiling at me yeah it's <laughs> uh, just the way you said whoever uh, yeah whoever friends or whoever right, cool. then there's time in it that's alright <laughs> Um, any inspirational women in business? Um, I think for me it would definitely have to be Sharmadine Reed. I knew you were gonna say I literally knew it. Yeah, for sure. If you don't know who she is, she's like entrepreneur in that's guess the realm of beauty started off as a stylist and um most recently she started an app called beauty stack which um it's kind of like i don't know if that's how they would describe it but kind of like instagram aesthetic but for booking beauty treatment so you can kind of yeah. see the treatment you can see the nails you can see the hair you're going to get book it directly with the um stylist um but i just think in general like i just feel like she's very She's so well spoken, she's very interesting, she's like a mother as well. She's really tech savvy as well. Yeah, super tech savvy, quite innovative mm. as well. Um, which I think is really cool. Black woman, UK based. I don't know, I just feel like she's just very I just love her business story. I just love the way that she kind of talks about business and always wanted to empower women mm. and kind of like giving back a lot for free. Like she's done a lot of like workshops and talks which I can't remember but I think like they were basically free or if they weren't free it was like super cheap mm. and she's always kind of like happy and willing to impart knowledge yeah and just based on her experience and just giving the real tea like this is uh, literally like this didn't work for me or this did and I'm yeah. not gonna make it seem like everything's perfect but it is what it is mm. so yeah I think for me definitely so anytime I get an opportunity to like hear her speak Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <seat>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like that. For me, I really like Flex Mummy. Okay. Flex Mummy, but yeah, I really like her. Um, so she is um an Australian Ghanaian woman. She's based in Sydney. Um. So I think I came across her account probably like, say about two or three years ago. And at that time, it's just, I just loved her style. Mm. It's like, she's, I, I guess you'll say a full figured woman, but it's like mm. the way she dresses her style, she just loves color. She's not afraid to experiment with her hair, with wigs, with her natural hair, with beauty. It's like yeah. her style and the way she expresses herself through fashion was something I literally loved and was drawn to mm-hmm. but what I also like about her is but she's very like innovative okay. and very like business savvy um, so I guess she started off as 
she started off working in PR, actually, in beauty PR. And then with the connections that she had, she started DJing. So she already kind of did that for a bit. So she's also like into music. She's into fashion, into beauty with the skills that she kind of um, picked up along the way and skills that she already had is that she started her own business so basically designing game cards like designing like homewares yeah yeah and it's you know it's just like these are a few of the things she does she also designs like t-shirts she does consultancy work she works with different brands and i guess she uh, yeah i guess you could say she like she's an influencer as well but and she has a podcast she has like I think two different podcasts. Yeah, so it's kind of just like it's just amazing to kind of see how much um she's actually doing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it is really interesting to see how all of her business ventures they all somehow find a way to. There's some like they all interlink somehow, but they're all connected in some way. They're not as random as they may seem. Yeah, and she also you know she's just good at DIY. And it's like, that's also like a part of like her brand, I guess. Like, mm. you know, it's like, she does like really cool, like home makeover videos where she just gets like spray paint from like her local DIY store. She'll come and like, she transform like a basic like wooden desk into something that's just like completely bespoke, completely yeah. unique. And it's like kind of in her style is very colorful, but it's just, I think it's just nice and it's refreshing to kind of see that kind of content on your timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who's just kind of willing to experiment, they're just, yeah, she's just doing her thing. Yeah, I definitely subscribe and support <laughs> her content. I love it. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so we've come to the end of the episode. It's a long one. It's, it's a, a long, long one. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a long one, but hope you enjoyed it yeah <laughs> you know as per usual share follow leave a review socials displaced people people spelled ppl and we'll see you in two weeks